What got you there with got you got you What got you there with Shonda Laney got you there with Shonda Laney What got you there with Shonda Laney got you there with Shonda Laney What got you there with Shonda Laney Naveen Jain is an entrepreneur and philanthropist driven to solve the world's biggest challenges through innovation a man who knows no limits, Naveen pushes big dreams into action, spurring massive cultural and technological change. His audacious vision and magnetic personality continually inspires others to follow what feels impossible. The founder of Moon Express, World Innovation Institute, iNome, TalentWise, Intellius, and Infospace, Naveen sees beyond the current business and technological landscape, creating companies that make a true impact. Moon Express is the only company to have permission from the U.S. government to leave Earth's orbit and land on the moon. Biome is focused on disrupting healthcare with the goal of making illness elective. Their plan is to identify biomarkers that are predictive of chronic diseases and prevent them through personalized diet and nutrition. Naveen Jain, a trustee of the board at XPRIZE Foundation, where he is focused on finding entrepreneurial solutions to address the global challenges in health, education, women empowerment, agriculture, and energy. He recently launched a million-dollar women's safety XPRIZE to empower women all around the world. Naveen Jain has been awarded many honors for his entrepreneurial success and leadership skills, including the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year, Albert Einstein Technology Medal for Pioneers in Technology, Humanitarian Innovation Award at the United Nations, Most Inspiring Entrepreneur by Andaz TV, Most Admired Serial Entrepreneur by Silicon India, Top 20 Entrepreneurs, and the Lifetime Achievement Award for Leadership in the Technology Industry and Support of Other Entrepreneurs by Red Herring. Naveen wants everyone to talk about what their moonshot is to start inspiring change in this world. So please, at Naveen on social media and let him know what your moonshot is. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash what got you there. Audible has over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. I'm a huge fan of Audible and definitely recommend checking it out. If you're looking for a way to stay energized throughout the entire day, grab a bottle of Suniva Super Coffee. Suniva is something I drink on a daily basis. It's an organic bottled coffee blend with lactose-free protein and MCTs from coconut oil, which provides me with clean, all-day energy. Head to your local Whole Foods or use discount code WGYT at drinksupercoffee.com for 20% off your order. Suniva was founded by three college athletes who are brothers and wanted the cleaner way to stay energized throughout the entire day. Let's face it, we all want to look good in the clothes we wear, but I got tired of sifting through the racks looking for a quality pair of jeans that cost less than $300. Then I found Distilled. DSTLD, pronounced Distilled, offers premium denim and essentials at an affordable price. Their products cost just one-third of what other premium brands charge because Distilled refuses to work with middlemen, bringing savings directly to you. Just go to dstld.com right now and use the promo code JOURNEY10 in all caps at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Naveen, welcome to What Got You There. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderfully well, Sean. Oh, there's that positivity. So I want to know, let's start off right away. How do you start your day? 
Well, you know, again, that I think is really irrelevant question because I think everyone, uh, you know, really thinks about uh, copying the habits of successful people. And I really believe that's a completely wrong way of looking at it. And the reason I say that is, you, you know, you want to follow the people's thought process, not their habits. For example, Tony Robbins takes ice bath every single day in the morning. And you can take your ice bath three times a day. You're not going to become Tony Robbins. You're going to become Tony Robbins by thinking like Tony Robbins. And to me, following the rituals and habits are really the wrong way of doing it. You can be yourself and still follow the thought process of how people think about when they see a problem and how they think about coming up with a solution. How do they think about executing on the solution? And that's really what makes you successful. Out of all the people we've had on this podcast, no one has approached that question that way. And that is exactly why I wanted to have you on. But let's rewind 35 years. You show up to the U.S. with only $5 in your pocket. How do you go from that to being one of the global thought leaders of our generation? I, you know, it is really, you know, the journey for each person is going to be different, but they all have one thing in common. People work hard. Uh, people get lucky and there's a tremendous amount of people in the society that essentially help them become who they are. So any one of us who believes that somehow they had this inherent genius and they became because they set out to do it and everything was they're doing, I think are really not giving the credit to everyone else around them. So for me, it was really doing one thing at a time and just really being focused and being the best I can. And when I couldn't be the best at it, I tried to switch and pivot into something that I can really be good at. Hmm. So how did your parents develop your intellectual curiosity? You know, to a large extent, the intellectual curiosity is always learning. Hmm. And to me, the day you stop learning is the day you actually die. And then you live a life of a zombie. And that's the reason I don't understand when people say, well, I'm going to play golf for the rest of my life and I'm retired. And I'm thinking if your life amounts to chasing a ball on a golf course, you may as well give someone a permission to shoot you. <laughs> uh, one one quote I've heard you say, I want to hear you kind of talk more about this, is dream so big people think you're crazy. When When you say that quote, what are you thinking? What I'm really thinking is that, you know, there are no problems that you and I can't solve. The exponential technologies are making it easy for a small group of people to do things that could only be done by the large companies or nation states. To a large extent, we can even do things that are only possible to be done by superpowers. And I believe the entrepreneurs of tomorrow are going to be the superpowers of tomorrow. And the reason I say that is, if you look at what nation states used to do, these are the you know big problems like you know, going to space, solving the healthcare problem, solving the education problem, creating a society where there is an uh, you know, abundance of food, the abundance of energy. And now all of those things can be done by a small group of people. So for example, as you know, Sean, I have a company called Moon Express. That is the only company in the universe that has a private company that has a permission to leave Earth orbit and land on the moon. When we land on the moon, not only we become the first private company to do so, we actually become the fourth superpower. And that's simply a symbolic of what entrepreneurs are capable of doing. So if you look at today, whether it's Elon or Jeff or Richard, 
It's entrepreneurs who are innovating in space, building the reusable rocket, or dreaming about going to the moon. Or my other company, um, Sean, that we mentioned, Wyoming, we actually set out with a simple goal. What if we can create a world where sickness is optional? What if people never have to be sick? What if you can analyze the at a molecular level what is going on inside your body and actually able to make a recommendation of not pharmaceutical drugs, but simply adjusting the food and the nutrients that body needs and keeping that to keep the inflammation low? And if you don't have inflammation in the body, you don't develop chronic diseases. And that to me is a fundamentally different way of looking at the problem. So intellectual curiosity to me is constantly learning every single day and applying those technologies to solve the world's greatest problem. And the reason I say think so big is when you tell people what you're going to be doing, whether you say, I'm going to go out and mine for the resources on the moon so we can benefit the humanity. And if they don't tell you you're freaking crazy, then you're not thinking big enough. (laughs) Or when I tell people, what if we can create a world where illness is optional? and then they don't tell you you're freaking crazy, that means you're not thinking big enough. Oh, that is great. So you mentioned thinking so big. Before you started Moon Express, what was your plan there? How did that company first come to being? You know, again, if you start to think about there's several things. You know, we are all living on a single spacecraft, and we lovingly call it a planet Earth. But we all on the same spacecraft. If something were to go wrong with the spacecraft, whether we get hit by a large asteroid, or we destroy the planet ourselves, we as humanity will become dinosaurs. And if you think about every dinosaur that's rolling in their grave, what would they be saying? They would be saying, if they had one good entrepreneurial dinosaur, they'll still be roaming on the moon and the Mars and beyond. But that's not what happened. Let's not make the same mistake for us as humans. What if we can create a multi-planetary society? What if we could live on the moon as a base And then we can step out and live on the Mars. And then we can go to Titan and Europa. And then we can start to spread into whole galaxy and different galaxies all over the universe. I mean, where is the limit? The limit is simply set by what our imagination sets a limit for. So even my mother, she absolutely loved me. And she would say, son, you can do anything you want. Sky is the limit. And what she really meant to say was, Do you know, son, the sky is nothing but a figment of your imagination, and your imagination is the only limit you have. Wow, props to mom there, huh? Inspiring and creating something that's just unbelievable there with her thought process. I mean, when when you're looking to start Moon Express, how do you even begin to tackle such a large problem? I think so many entrepreneurs today, that they want to start a small company and it seems overwhelming to them. How do you go about starting a company this big that's going to be one of the fourth superpowers once you guys do land on the moon? And interesting thing is, it's easier to start something that has an audacious goal of changing the way people are going to live their lives. If you can move the humanity forward, then you essentially can build a company that's substantially easier to do than to do something small. And I think the best example is my latest venture, the Wyoming, and it's fresh in my mind, right? So in a, less than a year ago, I set out as I was finishing up the project with Moon, and we are ready to launch the mission to the Moon in six months. So by March of next year, we'll be landing on the Moon. 
And to me, as I was finishing the project, I started thinking about what should be my next moonshot? <laughs> should I go out and solve the problem around healthcare or education? And it turns out the problem in the healthcare and education are almost very similar. That here we have two systems that people believe are not working. People believe they are broken. And as I start to look into it, neither system is actually broken. It's doing exactly what they were designed to do. For example, our education system was designed to teach us skills. And any skill that we learned 100 years ago, you could apply for the rest of your life, and life was wonderful. In the world where we have exponential technologies, where every skill becomes obsolete every five to 10 years, suddenly the idea of learning a skill doesn't make any sense because anything you learn becomes obsolete. And now you have to change the system to be with a completely different need. Learning to learn, learning to apply interdisciplinary skills, learning to work with people to solve problems. And that is not what system was designed for. Same thing in the healthcare system. Our healthcare system was designed for the time when we were dying from infectious diseases. And suddenly you find yourself in this era where people constantly have chronic diseases. And the system wasn't designed for you to be always sick. It was designed for you to be episodically sick. And here's the irony. The solution for the infectious diseases, which antibiotics are largely responsible for creating these um, chronic diseases. So as I started to look at, and I said, what if we understand what is making us sick? And it turns out that all chronic diseases, Sean, have one thing in common. They all start with a chronic inflammation. So whether, whether it is a Parkinson's or Alzheimer or autism, it's a depression or anxiety or autoimmune diseases or obesity or diabetes, they all start with simple thing, inflammation. And inflammation happens when your immune system is not properly working, and that is being trained by our microbiome. So it's really interesting. Here I am. I have no knowledge of science. I am not a doctor, and I am not a scientist. But I had this idea. What if we can understand what's going on inside the body? We can actually create a world where illness could be optional. And I set out, say, I'm going to start a company, and I named it Wyoming whose goal is going to be solve this problem. And amazing things happen. I got a call from the head of the Watson Research at IBM and say, you know the problem you're trying to solve? We, I can give you all the artificial intelligence technology that you need to understand everything that's happening inside the body if you can find me right way to get all the data. And he's willing to quit his job and come and join me. The next call I got was Dr. Messier. Dr. Messier is a PhD in microbiology. She's an MD, functional medicine doctor, and now she's work and she was working for Human Longevity Inc. with Craig Venter. As you know, Craig Venter is the father of synthetic biology, who set out to make people live forever. And she calls me and she says, you know, what's the point living long life if people are going to be always sick? I want to come and help you solve the problem that you set out to do. And here's the amazing thing happened. Now we still don't know how we're going to do it. The third call was I was at Los Alamos National Lab and I met Dr. Visevich. And he says that, look, we have been working for the last 10 years at this lab 
on a biodefense project for national security that actually looks at what's going on inside the body so we know what's making people sick. And if we apply that technology, suddenly we will have, we can keep people healthy. And the reason I mention is I didn't know how to do it. And suddenly all the world's best are calling because I set out an audacious goal. Now I have all these people coming and joining me. The next thing happened, amazing thing, every venture capitalist in Silicon Valley starts calling me. You have put together an amazing team. What are you doing? And I told them, I want to create a world where people are never sick. And now everyone wants to give you money because you built this amazing team. And think about all that happened was a, a guy who dreamed big enough that he believed we can solve this problem. If I had said, you know what, I'm going to build an iPhone app that's going to make it easier for people to date. And people are going to say, great, have fun. <laughs> and my point was having that large audacious goal is not only what got us going to build an amazing team, we got all the funding we needed to get the company going. And that to me is so much easier than my thinking something small and say, I'm going to do B2B that someone will do an expense report and we can do it better. That's not what I set out to do in my life. Wow, I love the way you tackle problems. So with Viome, for the listeners today who want to get involved with it and, and try this product out, what is the start to finish? How do people um, go onto the website? What do they do? So here's the thing. You can go to Viome.com. And again, me being an immigrant, that's V as in Victor, I-O-M as in Mary, E as in Edward. So Viome.com. And when you go there, you essentially get at-home delivered kit. And you take a swab of this tool that allows us to look at every single organism in your gut. And I just want to expand on that, why we do that. What most people, Sean, may not realize, that we as humans are really less than 1% human. And the reason I say that is if you look at our human DNA, it only expresses about 19,000 genes. And the organisms in our gut are expressing somewhere between 1 million to 10 million genes. And any which way you look, look at us, we are primarily a microbial society. So from the perspective of nature, we have nothing but a portable container for these microorganisms. And there is a symbiotic relationship. That means when we eat food, we feed our microbiome, and our microbiome digests that food and in turn, it releases the nutrients that our body needs. So the short-chain fatty acid, the vitamins, the vitamin B, the vitamin K, all of those nutrients are being released by these microbiome. And to large extent, our microbiome controls everything that happens in our body. What surprised me most as I was learning more and more about it is that our microbiome, in fact, <clears throat> communicates directly with our mitochondria and our microbiome controls our brain. That means our behavior, our emotions, our craving, and our depression, all of that or anxiety is all actually driven by the, these microorganisms in the gut. And the research after research is showing that Parkinson's actually starts in your gut, not in your brain, or, or autism or Alzheimer, all the neural diseases actually have their origin in the gut. And our microbiome communicates with our brain using the vagus nerve and using the neurotransmitters. My personal belief is that in the next 10 years, 
we're going to go back and look at the human body in a completely different way. And I think there's going to be that shift. Just like 100 years ago, we would say the Earth was the center of our solar system and everything used to revolve around Earth until Galileo said, you know, it's the sun that's the center of the universe and we, the Earth revolves around the sun. And when he said that, people wanted to kill him because how could he possibly say that we are not the center of the universe? I believe the same thing is going to happen when we are going to realize that our gut is our primary brain. The microorganisms are the puppet master. And the thing that's sitting on the top of our shoulder is really nothing but a puppet. And the puppet masters are pulling the strings and our brain is simply executing on the command. There was a very recent research that shows that our microbiome controls the microRNA and it also hijacks the intercell communication and that actually controls what genes are actually being expressed and what genes are not expressed. So even though you may have a particular genetic makeup, those genetic makeup can may actually be controlled by these microorganisms releasing the metabolites uh, that is absorbed in our blood. So to me, it's such a fascinating idea. And they don't teach you even today in a medical school. So when you go talk to a doctor, they don't know anything about microorganisms. They keep giving you these antibiotics, thinking that if they can kill every virus or every bacteria in your gut, somehow you'll have a healthy human, healthy human being. And that is so far from the truth. So coming back to what you, the question you asked me, what we do is when you get this kit and you send us a small sample, the swab of the stool, we are able to look at every single strain of every bacteria, every virus, yeast, fungus, mold. And we know since we are looking at the RNA of every one of them, we know how active they are, but most importantly, what they are doing. And that means we are able to analyze and say what, how much vitamin they are producing, how, how active is the pathway for short-chain fatty acid. And then we also look at the metabolic side that you do at home by finger pricking it. We are able to look at how your body is digesting carbs, fat, and protein. And then we feed all of the data into the artificial intelligence and give you this specific set of recommendations. Like for me, I was trying to lose weight and my blood glucose was pre-diabetic. And everyone told me the generic recommendation, cut down all the carbs, don't eat starch, and everything will be fine. And you know, for a year I did that and my blood glucose level was still the same and I wasn't losing any weight. After I did the volume test, very counterintuitive. It told me more than half of my diet needs to be carbs. And here's very interesting. Every single thing that I was eating, it told me to start minimizing it. It's <laughs> avocado, lentil, legumes, tofu, because I'm a vegetarian, that's all I was eating. And everything that I was eating, now I have to cut down and I start eating more complex carbohydrates, less protein and less fat. And as soon as I did that, not only I lost five pounds, my blood glucose came down. So what's really what we're learning is there's no such thing as healthy diet. What is good for you may not be good for me. And what's good for me today may not be good for me in three months from now. That means you have to constantly change your diet and adapt as your body is adapting. And that's the reason we allow people to test as often as they want. As they change their diet, we come back and look at it again and say, now do this. 
because you have to constantly keep your body in tune. And if you do that, your immune system is not under stress and there is no inflammation. And when there is no inflammation, you don't have chronic diseases. So it's interesting, unlike infection, you don't catch cancer, you don't catch diabetes, you don't catch obesity. You develop it over a long period of time and you develop it because you are really have this low-grade chronic inflammation that you're not taking control of. So imagine if you can do that, suddenly you can stay healthy. So all you have to do is, you know, to really constantly look at, don't treat your body as a black box and really look inside what's going on and constantly adapt your diet and supplement. The pharmaceutical companies have really become the parasite on humanity. Every time they, they develop a drug for chronic disease, all they're doing is suppressing the symptom. So you have to take it for the rest of your life. In fact, what's mind-boggling to me is one of the pharmaceutical company CEOs said, the best drug we develop is the drug that people have to take for the rest of their life. Hmm. Not something that cures anything, something that makes people dependent on what we do. That means they will say, hey, you have acid reflux, take Nexium. And what Nexium does is blocks the proton pump. And what it does is now suddenly you start to develop the parasites because the acid, you no longer are developing any acid that kills the parasite. You can no long, longer absorb iron. You can no longer absorb the vitamin. And suddenly you have the second symptom and you say, oh, you are anemic. You're developing high cholesterol. Let me give you Lipitor. Oh, gee, you're taking Lipitor. That causes the symptom X. Let me give you another drug. And you now have a pipeline of drugs that these pharmaceutical companies have. So they cause the problem and they have a drug for that problem. Right? <laughs> and this is the mind boggling that how the healthcare system that was supposed to help humans and really become an organism in itself whose purpose is out the window. And the Darwinian theory has taken over where, you know, to a large extent, the survival of the system, the only thing that matters. And if you ask anybody in the healthcare system, they will tell you the only stakeholders of the healthcare systems are insurance companies, hospitals, doctors, and <clears throat> pharmaceutical companies. And if you tell them, what about the patient? They say, patient is not a stakeholder. Patient <laughs> does not pay. Patient is simply the nuisance we have to deal with to collect the money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the healthcare system is a pretty scary thing right now. And and what you guys are doing at Biome, I, I truly believe is the future of health and and handling disease. I was talking with my wife before the call and she she was unaware of the company and and I talked took her through some of the videos and she is fascinated and she's like, I am doing this next week. So I can't wait to get her results there. And I'm curious, now now that you guys have launched the company, how many people are you hoping to um have take the tests? What can you do with that big data? So we already have thousands of people who have already come in. As you know, Dr. Mark Hyman has looked at it, and he's a big believer, so he has been writing about it. Uh, ben Greenfield, uh, Dr. Daniel Kraft, Dr. Jordan. Uh, and you start to look at all the people, whether it's Deepak Chopra or whether you look at uh, Wellness Mama, everybody who has looked at it, it basically says the only way we can implode this bad healthcare system is to empower each individual to take control of their own health? What if we can make you and I the CEO of our own health? What if we can actually look at ourselves and say, we are going to take control. We no longer are going to, no longer are going to rely on the sage on the stage who are 20 years behind the science. So they don't even teach microbiome in the medical school. So if your doctor graduated 10 years ago, 
they're probably 20 years behind the science. Every research, if you Google today, pick a disease you want, depression and microbiome, you will see at least 10 research that shows how microbiome is responsible for depression. You can do a microbiome and anxiety, microbiome and Parkinson's. You can do microbiome and cancer. And what you find is that even the cure for cancer depends whether microbiome is going to allow that or not. So there was a research that came out last week that shows when people take chemotherapy, depending on their microbiome, whether the chemotherapy actually works or does not work depends on depends what's in your gut because it metabolizes those toxins differently. So it's imagine not only the are responsible for causing the disease, they're also responsible for stopping from the cure for disease to be happening. Today, what got you there is being fueled by Soniva Super Coffee. Soniva provides an organic bottled coffee blended with lactose-free protein and MCTs from coconut oil for all-day energy. Grab a bottle at your local Whole Foods market or use discount code WGYT at drinksupercoffee.com for 20% off your order. Are you looking to finish the latest thriller, such as The Girl on the Train, while you're at the gym or in the car? Well, now you can. For listeners of What Got You There podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check this out. Head over to www.audibletrial.com forward slash what got you there to choose from over 180,000 titles to select the book you want to hear next. Distilled utilizes the same fabrics, factories, and wash houses as the best-known brands and designers while skipping the markups and middlemen. The result? Top-quality denim without the retail runaround. Just go to dstld.com and see where minimalist design meets maximum comfort. They have a 100% fit guarantee, offering free shipping and returns until you find the perfect pair. Inspired by the creative class, Distilled is the perfect brand for those who have other things to think about besides getting dressed. You'll look good no matter what with Distilled. Distilled has been featured in Forbes, Time, and TechCrunch, as well as on denim-clad celebrities in GQ and Men's Health. You can find the brand's amazing selection of outwear, leather jackets, t-shirts, and more using the same principles of high-grade materials at low-end cost. Distilled is your answer to elevated style without elevated prices. Just go to dstld.com right now and use the promo code JOURNEY10 in all caps at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Hmm. You mentioned antibiotics earlier. I'm sure there are tons of people out there right now taking them. People who do take antibiotics, any recommendations for how you restore your gut health after that? Yeah, so basically, the, you know, it's really hard. The best thing you can really do is to start taking probiotics and prebiotics. That means you start eating a you know, variety of diet, take variety of probiotics, you start eating a lot of the fermented food. Again, coming back to my original thing, there is no such thing as healthy diet for everyone. That means each person has to really look at what they have and what they need. And sometimes things get really bad, and then you may have to really get um, essentially the microbiome transplant, and we lovingly call it a fecal transplant. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm curious with the fecal transplant. I know we hit on that with a little bit with Dave Asprey. Uh, can you talk more about what actually a fecal transplant is and what that does to restore your gut? Yeah, it's basically populating uh, your microbiome, and we, uh, you know, we call it a populating. So you really take <laughs> one person's uh, fecal matter and uh, really give it back in your gut. 
using, uh, you know, anemia or something. And that's really the best way. The problem that most people have had is until now, there has never been a technology that someone could look at some, even if you're going to get a fecal transplant, you have to see what fecal matter you're transplanting because what you're doing is really taking everything that other person has and taking it inside you. And if that person had a parasite, you get the same parasite. Um, until until Wyom came about, there was never a technology that actually could look at all the yeast, fungus, mold, and parasites. And the companies that were initially in the microbiome technology, the people always tell me, oh, I did the microbiome test. It's completely useless. And I remind them that in any, in any technological world, when there is a new technology, the first people who take advantage of that tend to be the snake oil salesmen and charlatans. So companies like Ubiome, they are actually selling you snake oil because what they do is they use technology called 16S sequencing. And what 16S really does is a small fraction of a gene only exists in the bacteria. And the variable portion of the gene can tell you what genus this bacteria comes from. So they can never look at the viruses and yeast and the fungus and the mold. And even on the bacteria side, they only look at the genus level. At the genus level, we all have exactly the same genus. So it's really a complete waste of time because at a genus level, we all are mammals. We could be man, we could be dog, we could be rats. And I'm sure many women will say, all men are dogs anyway, so why bother? <laughs> so but point is, we look at a strain level of every bacteria, at a, not a species, a strain level. But more importantly, we look at how active they are because the same organism can be extremely active when it becomes pathogenic. So you need to know how active they are. And most importantly, you need to know what they are doing. The same organism in my gut could be doing completely different thing than it will be doing in your gut. So just knowing what's there is not as important. We need to know what is going on. And if you look at human beings, we act very similar. When you, we are in one company, we behave one way. And then we are in a different company, we behave differently. And organisms are no different. I'm curious, how do you think fitness and an active lifestyle plays in all of this? Actually, it does. Uh, so in terms, when you exercise, you change your microbiome. And there is a tremendous amount of research that shows that when you are active, it completely changes how your microbiome is done. So if you're an extreme athlete, you have very different expression of a genetic material in your microbiome. In fact, by just looking at your microbiome, we can tell you how active you are aerobically. So we look at the TCA level and we can find out how much you're working out. And I don't mean yoga, I mean real workout. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious, so say 100 million people on the planet take this, what will that tell you about the planet? How does that help correct some of these diseases the globe's seeing? So the so interesting thing is, if we can get to somewhere between 1 million to 5 million people, we will have plenty of data for artificial intelligence to understand exactly how to modulate a certain food and nutrients uh, to remove the inflammation for every person. T today, when people are coming to, uh, you know, signing up for YM services, we get every single day you know, dozens of people telling us how their lives have changed, how they are suddenly feeling better, because now it's everything is personalized just for them. 
And so not only they start to feel better for themselves, but they're also contributing to humanity because the more people we have, the more fine tuning we can do, not just for you, but for everyone else. So to me, this technology of looking at every RNA of everything would cost $3,000 to $5,000. Because of the technology that we got from Los Alamos National Lab, where they had to spend hundreds of millions of dollars developing it, and we have the exclusive license, they were able to bring the cost down substantially. So we can now offer this thing for $399 to a consumer. And after they subscribe for one year, they can do as many tests as they want at $199. So think about that. For $199, you're able to get complete insight into your body. And as more people come in, that cost is going to continue to come down. My hope is to bring this cost down to under a dollar and make it free and just, and, you know, we will just fund it philanthropically So and get rid of every single chronic disease. So ideally, in my world, in the next 10 years to 15 years, we want to live in a world where no one ever has any chronic disease. That means no one will ever have cancer, Parkinson's, Alzheimer, autism, or obesity, or diabetes, or autoimmune diseases, or cancer. I mean, imagine that no one has to suffer ever with this chronic disease, and no one has to watch their loved ones suffer from the chronic disease, and that's my moonshot. Yeah, no, that's near and dear to my heart. Have some family members with Alzheimer's and also cancer. So I am completely back behind your mission here. You mentioned artificial intelligence. I'm so curious. I mean, you are a global thought leader. Where do you view AI going? What do you see it taking place in the next few years? So, you know, the artificial intelligence uh, is continuing to move forward. And as our computing power is, uh, you know, becoming exponential on exponential curve, growing on exponential curve, we start to see the AI becoming more and more powerful. But to a large extent, the beauty of AI is we, are, we use it every single day. And once it becomes part of our life, we don't think of it as AI. So, for example, uh, your dishwasher is really is a robot that is driven by an AI. When you start to look at a Google Maps every day, it is an AI. When you start, when you go on a plane and it's a self, uh, basically an autopilot plane, you are using an AI. So my point is that AI is everywhere. When you use Siri, when you use any of the stuff that we are so used to doing today, it's all artificial intelligence. That my point is like you know, cruise control, auto brakes, and all the features in our car slowly, slowly are using the artificial intelligence, whether detecting the lane change, that's an artificial intelligence. And as these features are coming in, once they become standard, we no longer think of them as artificial intelligence. So today you may be really scared of a self-driving car, but you know what? We're adding these self-driving features slowly, slowly. For example, you know, BMW, Lexus, and Tesla, you can do a self-parking. That's AI. That's a self-driving, self-parking car, right? So my point is, when these features start to become standard, we get so used to it that we don't even think of them as artificial intelligence. And slowly, slowly, we are merging humans with AI and technology. And we, even though we believe we will never do that, but we do that every day. Naveen, I'm I'm curious, over the past few years, what technology or maybe an app have you become obsessed with that's just made life easier for you? I mean, you know, every single day, look at Google Maps. Google Maps are a great example that, you know, I remember, you know, my younger days, I would buy these 
paper maps and draw the map <laughs> lines. <laughs> you remember those? Oh, yeah. And every time you cross the state boundary, you have to get a new map. And now you go to a gas station, get a local map, and you're drawing the path you want to be taking. You know, suddenly the life has gotten so easy. You just get the address, you punch it in, and you don't even think about it. You know, imagine, um, you know, people talk about the human brain being connected to the cloud. And people say, oh, my God, I would never allow that. And I keep reminding people, you know, do you remember the phone numbers? No, it's on my cell phone. I say cell phone is a medium, but they're sitting on the cloud. So you basically are now, your memory is being outsourced to the cloud. I don't remember the information anymore. I remember the keyword that I can use to find the information on Google, right? Mm -hmm. Now, same thing is starting to happen on the decision making. When I'm driving a car, I no longer have to make a decision what road to take. If Google says, turn left, I just turn left. And suddenly my decision-making is being given to the artificial intelligence. The restaurant that they recommend is AI. And suddenly I start to go to the restaurant, it's recommending. And, you know, and slowly, slowly, our decision-making is going to be outsourced because we're going to start to trust AI because AI has so much more data. So when we say, oh, AI knows me better, don't do this, people will say, you know what? I'm just not going to do this because maybe it knows something that I don't. <laughs> so, I mean, with technology progressing, where do you see people's life expectancy going in the next 20 years? Do you think people will be able to live forever? Well, the interesting thing is, uh, you know, the multiple things that humanity is going to fundamentally change in the next 10 to 15 years. There is no doubt in my mind, we are living in the most innovative decade in the human history. In the next 15 years, half of the Fortune 500 companies are going to go bankrupt. And what that means is the king is dying. That means you and I have a chance to become the new king. And interestingly, that not only the exponential technology is are growing, exponentially, the rate of growth is also exponential. And what's really interesting is the companies like Codex or, you know, you look at Sears that have been around for 100 years are being disrupted by companies that have been around for 10 years, five years, or three years. My, my prediction is that that rate of change is going to get faster and faster. And the disruptor of today is going to get disrupted by tomorrow. That means the companies that are disrupting the industries may actually go out of business even before they get a chance to mature and become a public company. For example, Uber is a great example. Uber disrupted many industries, whether it's taxi industry or logistics industries. And they may actually go out of business before they become public. And here's why. The biggest advantage Uber has is they are able to create a massive driver network. When you have a self-driving cars, who has, the, who has the driver network? The manufacturer of the car becomes the driver network. And if Tesla can instantly become Uber, or GM can be instantly become Uber, and if GM and Tesla combine together, they will have the biggest driver network, and you no longer need the Uber. Suddenly, the problem changes completely. And when you have a self-driving car, not only the manufacturing industry, the auto manufacturing industry is disrupted, you start to look at, do we really need the parking lots? Because cars don't have to be parked next to where you are. They will come where you need them. In that case, the parking lot can become the affordable housing. You don't no longer have to build as many roads because cars can drive close to each other. 
and suddenly you have less construction companies. People can now be remote in their car and have a remote offices with holographic images. And suddenly you don't, the real estate industry is going to be changing. If the cars are not getting into accidents, what happens to auto insurance? If people are not dying, what happens to the life insurance? And coming back to the human longevity, when people are not getting sick with chronic diseases, it's quite possible that humans can live for a very, very long time. And people say, well, what does it really mean if there are people are never going to die? How would our planet support all these people? And that is the mindset of scarcity that we live in, because we believe the resources are finite. And there are two ways of looking at it. One is, <clears throat> imagine, you know, 100 years ago, we had less than 1 billion people. And if those people, the same people were thinking and said, oh, my God, if someday there are 2 billion people on this planet, we won't be able to sustain that. And when we were 2 billion, I'm sure we said 2 billion is fine, but if we ever got 3 billion, we will all die, right? <laughs> and here we sit today at 7.5 billion. But the point is, the mindset of scarcity is what allows us to essentially think that we can't really have more people on the planet. All we have to do is just look up in the sky. Where is the, uh, where is the scarcity? There's plenty of land. We are a tiny pale blue dot just in our own galaxy. Imagine and there are trillions of galaxies out there. We could live on any planet we want. We could have you know, as much of energy as we want because just look up, there's nothing but energy. All we have to do is think about uh, land, energy, and water. It's nothing but space is full of water, full of energy, and full of land. So where is the scarcity? It's in our mindset because we believe we can't live there. And every time somebody can always come up with a problem, but every problem, the bigger the problem, bigger the opportunity. So if you're an entrepreneur, look at every problem as an opportunity. For example, <clears throat> people say, how can you live on the moon? What about the radiation? And until you start telling them, think about radiation. We find the bacterial life thriving in the radioactive nuclear waste. So not only the nature has figured out how to survive in the high radiation, nature has figured out how to use radiation as a source of energy. All we have to do is take those genes from those bacteria, use the CRISPR technology to modify the human genes. And next thing we know, we humans are completely resistant to radiation and we start to use radiation as a source of energy. So when you're living on the moon, you won't be saying, honey, let's go out and have a have pizza. You'll be saying, honey, let's go out and get some radiation. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love how you view problems, especially with that entrepreneurial mindset. And I know you were mentioning the Fortune 500 companies. Most of them will be going out of business. What industries do you think there's the greatest opportunity for a young entrepreneur to go after and help disrupt? I mean, every single industry, there is not an industry that is going to be not disrupted, whether it is in the insurance industry, the real estate industry, the manufacturing industry, the education industry, the healthcare industry. I mean, <clears throat> the, our education system is going to completely implode because you no longer need a school system. What if there is a peer-to-peer -peer learning on your smartphone? What if Every person can be a teacher and a student at the same time. What if the software can actually adapt to how you learn rather than you adapting to how the teacher teaches? Same thing in the healthcare. There's going to be no, I mean, there should be no need 
for having all these hospitals and doctors because artificial intelligence will know more about what's going on inside you with the nanobots inside your body. It'll be constantly being monitored and AI is constantly changing and adapting what you need. And you no longer need to have somebody making a guess. Hey, doc, I'm not feeling well. And they start to make a guess based on your symptom, what's going on. What if the body is telling you with all the sensors inside the body what needs to be changing? And even if you have, let's assume uh, suddenly the heart failure, your nanobots in your body will be supplying the oxygen. In the meantime, you'll be printing a 3D heart with using your own skin cells, and you'll be printing a new, a new heart and calling a doc. Hey, doc, my heart stopped working. Can you print me a new heart? I'll be there in 30 minutes. <laughs> it's an unbelievable world we live in. And you mentioned the school system. I'm curious. Do you, do you think kids should be going to school right now, or would you have them attacking learning in a different way? My point is people need to be educated. Education is extremely important. So anyone who tells you that you should drop out of school is giving you bad advice. It doesn't matter how, how smart you are. You could be doing a high wire act and you could be the best at it. And you can see that every single high wire act requires a safety net under it. So education is a plan B of life. And secondly, it's not just about education. It's being surrounded by the smartest people in your, uh, in your, at that age that are constantly challenging and learning from each other while having no pressure for actually making money. And that is, is basically a learning time for you so you can use those learnings for the rest of your life. You talk about surrounding yourself with some of the most influential and smartest people. How do you do that? I feel like you are, without a doubt, surrounded by more of the, the global thought leaders than anyone else out there. And I think, that, Sean, there is no magic bullet to it. It's really that you attract people to who you are. So in a sense that if you are depressed, the people you surround yourself are going to be people who are depressed. If you're optimistic and solving problems, you're going to find people who actually believe in the same thing and you actually find them because that's where you are. Interesting thing is all starts with a simple mindset. You know, people used to talk about, you know, the optimists who look at the glass as being half full and the pessimists who look at the glass being half empty. And I think that is a fundamentally the wrong way. An entrepreneur never should look at what the world is. Entrepreneurs should focus on what they want the world to be. And that means don't look at the glass being half empty or half full. You simply ask yourself the question, do I want to fill the glass or not? If I want to fill the glass, does it really matter is half empty or half full? And if I don't want to fill the glass, does it really matter is half empty or half full? So you look at what, what you want the world to be, not what the world is. And, you know, same thing, you know, is about teaching your children. It's not about taking them to the water or making them drink. Our job is to make them thirsty. And if you make them thirsty, guess what? They will find their own water for the rest of their life and they will drink. And that thirst really comes from intellectual curiosity. So coming back to how we started, once you create the intellectual curiosity, that is the thirst that you create in the society that will constantly will move the society forward because people who are thirsty, people who are intellectually curious will always be finding the next thing to solve because they're curious. Oh, that was such an unbelievable metaphor right there. When are you most inspired in your life? Is there a certain activity that brings you more joy than anything else? 
I think just, you know, talking to entrepreneurs, talking to uh, people like you, Sean, who are constantly inspiring everyone else. And to me, that's what inspires me is being around with people who want to solve the problem, people who just don't want to bitch about a problem or, you know, simply say, here's a solution. Why can't someone do something about it? People who go out every day when they wake up and say, what can I do about it? And the thing is, you know, most people are so afraid to fail. And I remind them, you as an entrepreneur never fail. You only fail when you give up. Everything else is just a pivot. Your idea may or may not work. And every idea that does not work is simply a stepping stone to a bigger idea and a different idea. And if you don't give up, you'll always succeed. Mm. And and most people look at you know these ups and downs of entrepreneurship as something bad. And I remind them, your life of an entrepreneur is like your heartbeat. When it is smooth, you're dead. You want to see those ups and downs. When things are down, just remember the next cycle is up. And when you're on the top of the world, don't become too arrogant. You should know the next cycle is just going to be down. <laughs> yep. So who are some of the thought leaders then that you look up to that you're being inspired by? You know, I, you know, honestly, I love, you know, I, the people that I surround myself with, people like Peter Diamandis, Richard Branson, Elon Musk, uh, you know, Jeff Bezos, I mean, Bill Gates. I mean, these are the people who went out and changed the industry and created a new industry that never existed. To me, every single day, I salute to every entrepreneur who gets up in the morning and says, I'm going to go out and change the way people live their lives. I'm going to change the trajectory of how humanity is going to live. And anyone who can do that has always my heart and soul, and I get weak on my knees. <laughs> no, that is great. So from these people, what's the best advice you ever received? I mean, I think the advice that every one of them will give you is believe in yourself. Don't let someone tell you that you can't do it. Every single person who tells you it is impossible, it's only impossible for them, not for you. The more people think you are crazy, the more people think it's impossible, that means more and more people have taken themselves out of the competition to solve the problem. That means the ball is yours and you can run as fast as you. Seems like we've come full circle and that was the advice you received from your mom, wasn't it? Yes. And you know, it's interesting thing is, even coming back to Wyoming, my mother will always used to say, and I'm sure your mother did the same, you know, Sean, listen to your gut. Do the gut check. <laughs> she was a scientist, right? <laughs> oh, Naveen, yep. She, that's exactly what she would say. Yeah. And, you know, we get butterflies in our stomach, uh, you know, in our gut when we are anxious. It, we don't get butterflies in our head because everything starts with your gut. And, and that to me is really why I believe that gut is our primary brain. Oh, I love that. So we have one final question before we link my listeners up with you. If you could have them implement one thing into their lives, what would it be? I'm sorry, what? One thing what? If you could have my listeners implement one thing into their lives, they have a healthier, more successful life, what do you think they should all be doing? All you have to do is keep dreaming. The, if you stop dreaming is the day you actually die. So to me, keep remain intellectually curious and keep dreaming and never give up. Well, I certainly will be doing that. I hope the listeners do as well. So how can they stay connected with you? Any websites or social media you want to direct them to? Uh, Sean, I mean, I'm very active on almost every social media. You can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, or Facebook. Okay. 
or you can simply send me an email, naveen.jain at gmail.com, and I look at every single email. So please contact me if you have any question of any kind. Uh, you know, please, uh, you know, contact me. At the same time, I really, really want every one of you to go to yom.com and sign up because not only you will benefit yourself, you will benefit the humanity at the same time. Well, I know my wife and I will definitely be heading over there tonight, signing up and getting those tests done. So Naveen, I cannot thank you enough. You are a global thought leader of this generation. So thanks for joining us on What Got You There and best of luck with everything you're doing. Thank you, Sean. I look forward to uh, seeing your progress and I hope you're going to be going to the moon with me soon. Ah, great. What got you there with Sean Delaney? Uh, what got you there with Sean Delaney? What got you there with Sean Delaney? What got you there? What got you, got you? Thanks for listening to another episode of What Got You There. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and also share with your friends. Thanks so much. Looking forward to talking with you next time. If you want to stay up to date on all things I'm working on behind the scenes and everything we've got going on at What Got You There, head over to whatgotyouthere.com. You'll also be able to see more on podcast guests and what they're doing. Thanks to Justin Great for providing us the intro and outro song. If you like his music and want to find out more about what he's working on, head over to justingreat.com.